Welcome to another episode of the Notes My Goats podcast. I am Brandon. And I'm Steve. Happy Friday, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. I am excited for today's episode. It's um, hip-hop week. It is hip-hop. It is, because Tuesday we, we talked hip-hop, you and me. Talk uh, NF. With NF. And then, guys, you heard a Wednesday draft episode. What? With Elena <laughs> Gonzalez. And so... We thought, and you, I mean, if you heard Wednesday, which of course you heard Wednesday because you are loyal listeners, so you know that Elena is back with us today. 100%. Absolutely. And if, even if you're not a loyal listener, shame on you. Uh, yeah, you go probably back and listen read, to that. Yeah. You probably at least read the description before you hit play that has my name on it, but still. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we can only hope. We can absolutely. Absolutely. So... Elena, welcome back to the podcast. This is hi, now hi, 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 hi. three or four now. I mean, I, last ep- Wednesday's episode was like, I think you're, this is number five, four. Wait. So there was. She did Third Scro- Eye Blind. Uh-huh. She did what? Third Eye Blind. Scroobius Third Pip. Eye Blind, Scroobius Pip. Scroobius Pip. Nickelback, Draft. Nickelback, Draft. This is number five. This is, I've now created my own draft. This is. You can now vote and rank the top five Elena Gonzalez episodes. I love it. Um, yeah. And that's, I love it. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to see your, your orders. And it's fun because this, this album came up the very first time I talked to Steve. Like it this did. was one of the, like, oh, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. And, yeah. You, you told me uh, you had so fun stories. You had fun stories for like these four artists. And I was just like, Okay, and then which one? And you're, and you're like, you threw the, you threw a few of them at me. I was just like, oh, third eye blind one, the third eye blind one. That one's good. And then yeah. I was like, we're gonna get back uh-huh. to the other one soon. Don't worry. And then yeah, Scrubius came out out of nowhere. And then you're like, we should talk Nickelback. And I, was like, I can't say no to Elena. Okay, we'll talk Nickelback right. again. And then and then this time I was just like, Elena, we need to talk about this album because this there's a story involved. We're doing hip hop, and we need to talk yes. about this album. So we're going to talk about Tupac's All Eyes on Me. Yeah, yeah. Today. I'm so excited. Um and I did the backstory on this and we talked a bit about it. there's there's one story I don't have that you're going to fill in for me I yes. uh, here but mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a second. So um I'm going to go off of um what research I was able to get done for Tupac and there's so much information. Dude was he only lived 25 short years I and know. so many things were packed into his 25 short years. Um, but his name, Tupac Amaru Shakur, actually born Lazane Parish Crooks was his actual given name. Mm-hmm. Um, American rapper and actor. I did put the actor on there because dude's been in a ton of movies. Yeah. Um, it would have been in a ton more. It was born in Harlem, New York, uh, active from 1989 to 1996. As he was actually born, both of his parents were um in the Black Panther Party. Um, and the only reason I bring that up is because uh, the Black Panthers kind of follow Tupac throughout his entire life, um, offering protection for him in multiple situations and things and really kind of watching out for him. But he was primarily raised in the Baltimore area before relocating to the West Coast of San Francisco in 1988. Mm-hmm. So he's actively musically started in 89. He didn't hit the West Coast until 88. I assumed he was born on the West Coast mm-hmm. because that he was so enamored in that right in that right. culture so i thought he was from like oakland um or like mm-hmm. from compton like where dre and everybody's everybody from or long beach where snoop was from and no he was baltimore new york he's from the east coast interesting um he is considered mm-hmm. one of the most influential and successful rappers of all time having sold more than 75 million albums some of those if are, you think were, about it what you oh sorry go ahead oh no go ahead what you just said was that he was musically active from 1989 to 1996. And in those, in those seven years, he is one of the most influential rappers of all time. Like that is so key to me in, in 
why I am so enamored with this man because Mm -hmm. his power was so potent that he didn't, I would have loved to have so much more time with him, but it's, it's almost like that whole, you know, Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix kind of discussion of no, there's just, they're undeniable. So even if you just give them five minutes, they're going to fucking blow your mind. 100%. And that's what he did. And, and even those seven years, we'll, we'll get to this in just a minute here. He was incarcerated for some of that time as well. And not even some of that time, like mm-hmm. grand total, probably close to a year, year and a half of the time he was in, he was locked up at some point. Um, Did a lot of things he probably wasn't super proud of, but maybe he was at the same time. Um, his music was also, and he was also praised for addressing contemporary social issues that plagued inner cities. And his music was actually considered activism against inequality. Um, mm-hmm. He was kind of coming out around the same time as NWA, and his music was seen as a like part and parcel to what they were pushing out as well. But in a, I would say Tupac's voice was coming off as more educated. Um, not yeah. that and not that Ice Cube and Dr. Dre were educated, but they were coming off as more angry. He was coming off as angry, but smart. Where, you know, Cube's fuck the police mm-hmm. is coming out. And, and and you think about it, though. Right. Those seven years. He was. What would that be? 18 to 25. Yeah. So yeah. think of at 18 and to have it it's you know talking about his his parents as as black panthers and i by no means i want to make it very very clear to anybody who's listening to this i am a huge tupac fan i by no means consider myself a tupac scholar there will probably be things dozens of things that he has done said referenced that i'm not familiar with so i just want to mm-hmm. set that that bar because i feel like i and i say that out of respect for him because i don't he had he did so much um but coming from a place where his parents are black panthers and i am a basic white lady and i cannot imagine the life led that got him to the place of 18 with that much pain and power in his voice to be mm-hmm. so intellectual and introspective and world changing to to be 20 years old and have the power to literally change the world from your voice says to me not only that you are that you are powerful but that you had 20 fucking real hard years. 100%. Like, because you do not, that is not a, a passive, if if you're living comfy, you don't wake up at 20 and go, you know what, I'm going to say some smart stuff now. No, that's, yeah, I'm going to, got gonna there live, the hard way. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. this life really quick. Yeah, so how he started his career off, he actually started his career off as MC New York before signing with the rap group Digital Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was actually a roadie and a backup dancer at first. He wasn't even with them. Um, he hmm. started referring to himself as Tupac after Digital Underground was signed by Interscope Records, and they included him in the group. Um, more on Jimmy Iovine later, but um, and had a song that featured on the movie Nothing But Trouble. Um, I remember that movie as a crazy epic movie with with Chevy Chase and Demi Moore, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy. It's an amazing flick from the '90s. If you haven't seen it. It's don't get stoned and watch it. You'll hurt yourself. Um, (laughs) But it's an amazing, amazing movie. Now, in 1991, he released his debut album, Tupacalypse Now. (laughs) And this is where I go a little bit political because good old got some good old blowback from the government. We talked about Tipper Gore a little while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, this one, good old Vice President Dan Quayle. Another Vice President no one remembers. Um. Guys, just so you know, he was he was the H.W. Uh, Bush's vice president. He said there's no place, there's no reason for a record like this to be released. It has no place in our society about Tupacalypse Now. Now, Tupac responded, best 
possible way ever. He says, I just wanted to rap about things that affected young black males. When I said that, I didn't know I was going to tie myself down to just take all the blunts and hits for all young black males to be media's kicking post for young black males. All he wanted to do was speak for people that were like him. And instead yeah. of doing that, he did it. But instead of just taking it for what it's, the world is like, they mm-hmm. said, this is the poster child. Let's beat him down. So this is just a debut album. And it's not even on, it wasn't on Death Row. It was just Inter- Interscope Records, uh, a subsidiary of Interscope. Mm-hmm. Now, he's had four albums, two four studio albums, sorry. Two number ones uh, of those were two number ones, nine compilation albums, 44 singles, seven posthumous albums. And- of the seven that were released after he died, three of those went number one, and all of them were top ten. And that album, it, yeah, it, it it's it's again seven years he did all of this. Now, if you're interested in looking at the legal issues he kind of the, found himself in, we'll get into legal issues well, here in a second. You can tell your story, Madonna. Oh, um, yeah. So I was gonna say you were talking about Tupacalypse now, and and. Um, mm-hmm. getting getting political what did that like the the spotlight song that started a lot of that um are you guys familiar with brenda's got a baby yes you guys know that song i i'm familiar um, with that song yeah so in and that's what has has made me most frustrated kind of watching this as it was happening is mm-hmm. is that was a real spotlight song and then on his next album, um, oh, actually, I'm not sure if it was his next album, but I think it was Me Against the World. Um, and he had Dear Mama. So in mm-hmm. both of those cases, they're not aggressive songs. They're not, um, it, it's not the same like cop killer kind of rage fest. It is exactly, you know, Brenda's knocked up. She's, I think in the song, she's 16, maybe I'd have to double check. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's talking about what it's like to be a teen mom and how she's going to do that. In Dear Mama, it's talking about him selling drugs, feels good to put money in your mailbox. Like it's, it's the struggle and they are good songs, mm-hmm. but they really are putting a spotlight like he said i just wanted to talk about what it's like in my life and people uh the government uh don't wasn't want to, don't want to hear it able to handle that yeah it yeah, was ridiculous they just don't want to hear it and it, it happens even nowadays mm-hmm. when artists do this too they just don't want to hear the truth of what's actually going out there and i think at the point right. of, of time with the early the early 90s this was the yes. avenue that a lot of african-american males young males could get this out there and they were shared. They were. This was before the internet, so they were they were pulling the curtain back on a lot of bullshit that was happening, and some did it differently than others. And Tupac did it with a bit more class, but also at the same time was just like, I'm not going to pull punches. At the same time here, so yeah. Now his and legal it's, issues. Oh, go ahead. It's so. It's such a spotlight that that they would do anything. Um, and I won't I won't get too political, but I I do mm-hmm. feel very passionately that he is a poster child for how far they will go to try to hold you down. And so they they hit him every single angle. They're like he would get out or the charges would get dropped. Okay, we're going to try to suppress your albums so you're not going to make money. Okay, we're going to talk shit about your movies. So you do this like every single time he was just trying to get the next level or the next level. They're like, nope, 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 nope. Every, every single Mm -hmm. time. So and and about the legal stuff that he got himself into now, he did. You can look at his history. There's a lot there. A lot of it's bullshit, but he did find himself from 91 to 95. He's involved in several shootings. He was actually involved in several shootings. He he admitted to it that he was there. He did. He, mm-hmm. he, one one story down, I think it was in Atlanta. He got into an, an, a disagreement with, with a couple of off-duty cops who were brothers. And he did shoot one of them in the ass and one of them in the stomach, but they shot at him first. He ended up getting arrested for it. Um, turned out the cops lied a lot of things they stole a gun from the evidence lockup 
Um, and then the other one lied about actually what happened and had witness statements that he cooperated witness statements from multiple people, but lied about what happened. The charges got dropped. He got Tupac got out of jail, but in New York, there was a shooting involved, um, at a club and he got arrested and then was charged with a sexual assault that ended up getting dropped and the sexual assault got dropped. He was actually charged with malicious sodomy. And that got dropped, but then he was charged with uh, first-degree sexual assault for aggressively grabbing a female's ass. And he carried anywhere from 18 months to four and a half years in jail, which is actually what he was in jail for before All Eyes Amy came out. Um, He did get charged with misdemeanor assault at MSU's campus, and this dude was sued more than any artist I can think of in a seven-year period. Anybody who's everybody tried to sue him to get money out of him and his estate ended up settling a lot of the lawsuits after he passed away for millions wow. of dollars because he was sued wow. by everyone. Um, he, As I mentioned before, he was an actor. He did appear in Nothing But Trouble. He was in the, the back end with Digital Underground. He was also mm-hmm. in several very, very good movies, A Juice, Poetic Justice, and Above the Rim, among others. He was supposed to be a menace to society. He was actually on the cast but he fought the director he kicked the director's ass um literally fought him during the shooting of this and they had to recast him and the director actually even came out 10 years later and said i wish we would have kept him he would have been the best thing for that movie because he was bigger than everyone else he would have made it 10 times better but the one thing that actually caught my eye and i didn't know this is he was rumored to be cast as mace windu in the phantom menace in star wars one he actually had he had tested for it and was going to be Mace Windu in the Phantom Menace in Star Wars One. It was going to make his day. He was going to go back to acting. That was going to be his first role back. But then he was um, he died, and they went to Sam Jackson instead. But he would have been Mace Windu in Star Wars. Wow, interesting. That that would have actually that would have actually gotten me to watch Star Wars. I've never seen a yeah. Star Wars movie. Neither and I would have. So I would have watched that. But I've yeah, seen he bits and pieces of Star Wars movies. Thank you very much. Well, you see the whole one. I'm just saying right now. Now we're gonna go into some awards. Um, he was awarded the Hip Hop Hall of Fame in 2004. Dear Mama was added to the Library of Congress. Um, I think in 2002. He's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2007. A street was named after him in uh in Oakland in May of 2023. Um, he just was just recently inducted in the Hollywood Walk of Fame June of this of this year. I think June June 10th or something, just recently, within the last nice. week or two. And then um, let's talk about the Madonna story really quick before I get into the last thing I have to say about what happened to him at the okay. end. So what happened so, to Madonna? So during the time, uh, one of the times that he was in jail, um, so mm-hmm. a little backstory, um, uh, depends on where you're you're getting your, your source information from, but uh, mainly it looks like they dated for a little less than a year Mm -hmm. um in the early 90s we'll say like 93 94 Mm -hmm. um but they kept it very secret and how the word actually got out um is he wrote uh he wrote her a letter while he was in jail um and the letter was dated january 15th 1995 um, and he apologized to Madonna for not being the kind of friend I know I'm capable of being. Um, hmm. The other part that got that got a lot of attention in that letter was um, he wrote that he felt uncomfortable being seen with her. Um, you know, he appreciated her and, and all of this stuff and and in their relationship, but he was uncomfortable being seen with her as a white woman because he would be letting down half of the people who made him what he thought he was. So referencing like the, the black Panther movement and all of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, and this is, this is the part that I love. Whereas her dating a black man would help her career. And he didn't want to play into that narrative. Again, being, you know, going back to the Dan Quayle thing, being the poster child of this, you know, he would then be criticized and attacked by um, 
people who supported him, whereas he would be lifting her up from from clout. Um, but she tried to um, she tried to sell it, um, and uh, a judge stopped the sale of the letter and twenty one items um, after Madonna filed an emergency court order. At that point, the letter had reached a uh, hundred thousand um, dollars in bidding. And it was, it turned into one of these things where she thought she owned it, but someone else claimed that they owned it based on uh, kind of possession as, as, as nine tenths of the law. Um, but it was still going on as of a few weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't have, um, I don't, I don't have the answer as to what's ever going to happen with that letter. Um, unless I just didn't didn't find it in my research, but that, I didn't see that. It so came I, out a few years ago when it when it happened, but that that kind of broke the door or broke the the news that they had dated in the early nineties. Nice. So and it doesn't surprise me. Um, I mean, it's kind of what it is. So we'll we we'll get into the last thing before we get into eyes on me here, really quick. Um, September seventh, nineteen ninety six, Tupac was killed in a drive by shooting in Las Vegas at after a Mike Tyson fight. Um. It was originally rumored this is there's been so many rumors about what actually what happened during or who caused mm -hmm. this all to happen notorious big was involved but it came out later the two had actually ended their feud and were kind of friends um towards the towards the end there and then biggie actually died a few months later in la um and then it came out uh that suge knight was also rumored to be involved because tupac expressed interest in leaving death row records after he did his third album with them and he was going to be he was going to walk mm -hmm. um and suge is not the nicest of men um but it's widely believed the shots were taken by uh orlando a anderson a south side crip um who had a run-in with bull suge and tupac a few weeks prior they got into a fight and this guy didn't end up on the good side of things but they weren't really able to prove that because he was also killed shortly after tupac's death which created the conspiracy theory even more that suge knight was mm -hmm. definitely involved um that's the common denominator in all of this. Everyone believes that Suge Knight had something to do with it. Um, and he yeah. tried to, he was the one that tried to pass off that it was East Coast. Suge Knight tried to say it was East Coast, East Coast, East Coast. And it came out a little bit further after the fact that it was like, no, he was kind of cool with everybody on the East Coast. He was, he was mending fences. Right. He was trying to quash it and Suge was still trying to ramp it up because it was making him money. And so it, it kind of came out there, but yeah, he did, he did pass away in the shooting in Vegas. Um, so before we get into all eyes on me, let's ask the question I normally ask for when it gets to um, popularity. How many average Spotify listeners do you think Tupac's pulling right now on a monthly basis? Oh man. I'm going to have Brandon guess first because I don't, I never remember like a, a baseline of any sort. It's in the millions. Um, and it's it's uh it's a decent amount. Let's just go with that. It's less than Ed. It's less than the big the big hitters. Brian, yeah, so don't go yeah, don't go no, too heavy. I wasn't, no, I wasn't planning on going that high. I am gonna go nine point seven million. Okay. Oh, that I don't know why, but that sounds low. I'm gonna I'm I love a theme. I'm gonna say he was twenty five years old, so I'm gonna say twenty five million. You're pretty close. Uh, really? 20, 24.2. Nice. 24,230,000 and some other ones. But yeah, wow. still after so many damn, damn near 30 years, 27 yeah. years, and he's still pulling almost 25 million on Spotify. I'm going to say 9 million of those are just me. That's okay. <laughs> I, I bet. So now the album, All Eyes on Me, uh, released February 13th, 1996. It's 27 tracks, two hours and 16 minutes long. It is the first ever double-length hip-hop solo album released. First one ever. Um, album does feature... I did not know that. Yep. Album features Dr. Dre, Snoop, Nate Dogg, Red Man, Method Man, uh, Corrupt, E-40, and Casey and JoJo, among others. There's so many features on this album. Mm -hmm. Um, the album was actually part of a deal that Tupac made with Jim, with Suge Knight and Jimmy Iovine, as I mentioned before, from Interscope. 
to make three records for death row to, for death row after they paid his bond to get out of jail they paid 1.4 million dollars for him to get out of jail and this album actually counted for two of the three promised albums which i said before he had one more to go for death row and he was going to walk he was going to fill his contract and he was done um now shakur spoke on the album title saying it's called all eyes on me that's how i feel it is i got the police watching me the feds, I got females that want to charge me with false charges and sue me and all that. I got the females that like me. I got the jealous homeboys. I got the homies that want to roll with me. Everybody's looking to see what I'm doing now. So all eyes on me is how he made it. And he ain't wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, album itself was actually supposed to come out in Christmas of 95, but they pushed it back because he kept recording and making music videos. That was the biggest problem is he wanted to keep making music videos and he wanted to keep recording. As I mentioned before, it's 27 tracks and over two hours long. They left out almost 30 tracks that were recorded, either uh, solo tracks or remixes from this album. He had 29 more recorded tracks that could have gone on this album. Oh, my. Um, Those tracks were also released during three posthumous albums. So they did end up releasing those 29 tracks, but they came out after the fact. But he had recorded damn near 60 tracks during the recording sessions for this album after getting out of jail and he spent a lot of times like i said he was in jail for over a year and that charge in new york mm-hmm. back and forth getting things arranged and getting charged with things but he was writing a lot of the time so he spent a lot of time writing not only to madonna but he also was writing right mm-hmm. and that's um, what the fact that that um that he and and hamilton have that in common mm-hmm. um for those Hamilton heads out there uh, really kind of feeds the, um, the conspiracy theories on the other side. You talked about the conspiracy that it was East coast um, versus Suge, but the conspiracy that he's just hanging out in Cuba um, uh, because Machiavelli, which was the next album, like it was released just a few days after he died. Mm -hmm. um, And all of the, the stuff associated with the the naming of Machiavelli and the imagery, um, you know, he's he's Christ on a cross on on that album. And he, he um, definitely my does six have year old the, son. He has the the oh. Elvis the Elvis uh, yes. era about him. Yes, mm-hmm. my, Tupac and uh, Elvis are hanging on the beach somewhere. If we if you guys ever decide to do uh, Machiavelli, I'll bring my six year old son on because he. Uh, he caught me off guard one day, but his dad has taught him the whole story as to why the connection with Machiavelli, and he will explain it to you. Where where Tupac? He's like, did you know that there was a rapper named Tupac, and then he changed his name to Machiavelli, and this means oh, he will he will totally totally school you. But that's yeah, he that's is awesome. He is Elvis Elvis level uh, conspiracy. I love For it. Sure. So he he had four singles. I mean, 27 tracks, only four singles. I'm just saying right now. <clears throat> California Love, which is his actual largest, biggest single ever. Um, two of America's mm-hmm. Most Wanted, How Do You Want It, and I Ain't Mad At You were the four singles on the album here. So it's time for us to get into our favorite tracks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with Brandon. Brandon, yeah, what was your... You haven't talked in a while, so I want to get you on the mic here a little bit. Yeah. What is your favorite track? Oh, boy. Oh man, did guys! You go I did. I went California Love. Um, I chose this track for the simple fact that when it started, I literally said out loud. I think I was home alone on like eating lunch, and I literally said out loud, "Hey, I've heard this track before." Um, <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, though, please tell me you were eating like a turkey sandwich on white bread with, with mayonnaise. mayonnaise, like yeah. just uh huh. <laughs> I was eating a chicken salad sandwich on oh, keto bre- on keto bread that was toasted with butter. So just as white, just as white. <laughs> exactly. So and I think I was like I had like half a mouthful or I was like I heard that track before. Yeah, just kind of whatever half a mouthful. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh that's right. Oh, this track. oh yeah. But uh, outside of me saying that I know this track and I've heard it before, the musical beat um, that this track has going for it, super upbeat. Um, and then one that I did kind of find myself while I'm nibbling on my sandwich, just kind of grooving to a little bit, you know, just getting my white boy shake on. Um, 
a lot of things going on musically, but it's such a good listen every time I hear it. I never got bored with it. It was always fun to listen to. So California Love was was my favorite track. Elena, what was your favorite track? So uh it's it's hard because like 26 of them are my favorite track. It was actually this this one was the easiest for me to pick my least favorite. I was as soon as it came up, I was like, oh, okay, I know the one that I'm gonna pick for that. But going through the other 26 and trying to figure out. So I am going to uh I'm gonna steer away from from the radio hits. Uh, I do very much appreciate them. That is that is something about this album. Um, a lot of times, if I do love an album, I tend to skip over the radio hits because I'm like, I don't need to hear this. But this one, I can I can go straight through, and I still love them. Mm-hmm. Um, this the song that I'm picking actually started as a joke um, between a friend of mine and I as to loving this song um, because a character in the movie can't hardly wait. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Okay. Seth Green's character, um, when they kind of flash up on the screen and it's, you know, like here's a picture and it goes through like what they're interested in and what their favorite song is. Mm -hmm. Seth Green's favorite song in it is picture me rolling. And it's just, it's such a cliche, like, of course, that's your favorite song. Mm -hmm. And joke about it um, being his favorite song. But the more, it's one of those things that you talk yourself into it. Um, I absolutely love listening to it. I will crank it up so loud. And I believe that they're that I do have the ability to do vocal impressions in the safety of my car. Um, and I can do all of the different rappers, um, on this and, and I have different, different things with, with people in my life, uh, as, as far as little triggers, you know, where, where those keys made overseas, Mm -hmm. like, it's just a, it's a whole thing. So I'm going, I'm going picture me rolling. I like it. I like and I can't it. tell a short answer still. So. Yeah, so. that's fine. We we, uh, fine. we expect it. It's okay. <laughs> yep. So for me, I went with another single. Um, and I went with one that I I forgot about. I forgot about this track. Ooh. And I went with uh two of America's most wanted. And <laughs> the really once a hip hop fan hears ain't nothing but a gangster party. And I, I heard it, I was like, whoa, whoa. This tracks this is on this album too. Holy crap. And you know exactly what's coming before you even hear before you even hear Pac. Now, this is actually one of my favorite yeah. tracks. And me, the music video for this song is awesome. It's 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 really fun. Um, and I picked it. Tupac is amazing. He's he does it everything. He's he is like he's like roll out of bed and I'm gonna give you everything I've got, and it's gonna be the exact same thing 95% of the time. You know you're gonna get gold. I was not expecting how much I would appreciate young Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. And like looking back at the landscape of music and how this song is kind of breaking together and what they're what they're talking about, rapping about on here, being America's most wanted, and Snoop going through what he was going through as Calvin Brodus and Tupac going through what he was going through, like legitimately they had a point. Um mm-hmm. the the mainstream white media found their whipping boys and it was these two and they were on the news all the time and anytime they did anything they stepped out of line or said anything out of the ordinary they were going to be brought up they were going to be villainized and they were going to be made as like this is what's wrong with america and it's the black people and it's these two yep and now as we talked about snoop being like america's like hi grandpa um back here like right Everybody loves him, and like he's hanging out with Martha Stewart and doing stuff, and he's on PetSmart channels. He's selling shit at Walmart. Like he literally has, he has done a complete one eighty from where he was to where he is. But ultimately, he hasn't changed. He is still like that fun yep. high uncle that just kind of hangs yep. out. He was like that in the nineties. He just was a little bit angrier and a bit more dirty because we all were in our twenties, um, right? And sometimes later, but. 
I loved the track and I was I kind of just thought about like the the landscape of the world and I was like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So, Brandon, it's time for us to play our first game. It is. It is time for the All Eyes on Wang. Wang, let's play Wang. Let's play Wang. What association name game. Wang, what association name game. Wang, Wang. All right, Steve and Elena. There are a ton of tracks on this one. Right? 27. So, of course, I have four wangs to throw at you today. Of course you do. I have four of them. So, track lists handy. Here's your first clue. One of my mottos in life. No more pain. Oh, I like that one. But nope. Thug passion. Yes, absolutely. No. Only God can judge me. Absolutely. Right there. Only God can judge me. Absolutely. All right. It yeah. was right there. It was absolutely right there. Solid. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next one. Just look up. Uh, I know what it is. Just look up. Oh, having me hard to find. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Okay. I was All waiting. Right. I was like, I'm going to give this one up. I know I saw, I was like, yep, that's where it's going. Yeah. All right. I appreciate, here, I appreciate that. The theme here, yeah. Brandon. Well, no, I mean, well, these next ones aren't, aren't related to heaven and God, but I mean, could be whatever. Who knows? We'll see. All right. Next one. Cash in clock. Cash in clock. Checkout time. Yes. Checkout time. Yes. We Absolutely. gotta go. Yep. All right. My last one. This is by far probably the funniest one that I've come up with tonight. What people say on November 15th. Shorty won't be a thug. Absolutely. No. November 15th. November 15th. Michiganders will appreciate this. Oh, is that is that hunting? Um, uh, so what's the hunting is it one? Thug passion? Nope. <laughs> the track's uh, not about hunting, but the album title might reference something about trading war stories. No. Nope. About on. what you do or don't want to happen while you're hunting. Parts of men? No. Can't see me? Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> that was it. You can't see me because they're all covered up in camo. I'd have went John Cena on that one. <sighs> it's all right. Yeah. Can't see me. Oh. I'd have went John Cena on that see one. Me. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I like funny it, is if that would have been my clue if I would have just been like this. <laughs> and then the audio people uh-huh. would have been like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> what the hell is he doing? Yes, we're doing the clues in Braille now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. That wouldn't that be funny if I did that and all of a sudden you guys were like, "Oh, can't see me," and then our audio listeners are just like, "What is happening?" Yeah. <laughs> Watch us on YouTube, damn it! Right. Watch us on YouTube. All right. So, guys, let's talk about our least favorite tracks on this album. I'll go first. Actually, no, I'm not going to go first. Elena, you go first because you said yours was easy to pick. Yeah, super easy, and I'm not even going to spend that much time on it because that's how much I don't like it. Um, It is uh, the second to last track on the second uh, disc or album or whatever, and it's Ain't Too Hard to Find, um, and it's the one with E-40, and fuck E-40. His voice drives me nuts. Um, I don't enjoy anything about him. and that song just it it's like nails on a chalkboard to me so that's what i'm going with i like it locked and loaded steve what's your phone number okay i listened to this in the car and i wanted to turn it off in the first 30 seconds right um the beat is (laughs) is so busy with like weird sound inflections and odd moments and the vocals seem like they were sped up to match the pace of the music now i know that Tupac mm-hmm. is just going fast because you can hear him breathing in, like to, to go quicker. Mm-hmm. 
the frantic pace just sounds incredibly forced. But to me, this track sounds, the musical track, and, and with the backup singers as well, it sounds like a Prince track that was sped up, and then Tupac was like, I'm going to rap over that, is what it sounds like. Interesting. I get a, I I get like a very big it, Prince vibe, and I'm like, okay, okay, I see what you're doing, but like the franticness of that of that snare with the cymbal, and it just, mm-hmm. and I was like, stop this, it's hurting my ears. <laughs> I I listen to books. I listen to books like at like one and three quarter speed half the time. So like I'm uh-huh. used to it being really really fast. So I was like, did I fuck up Spotify and like turn something up here? Because oh, I listen funny. to podcasts really fast too, and I'm like, did I just like to hit a button and like make the music go faster? I'm like, no. Then mm-hmm. I listened to it on my headphones at home, and I was like, no, it's just ridiculously stupid fast and right. weird. Right. Mm-hmm. So I picked what's your phone number. All right. All right. So, Brandon, what was your least favorite? I picked All About You. I just think that this track is four and a half minutes of pure dumb. (laughs) This song is just a bunch of rappers and artists upset about a girl showing up in the same music video, like to be in in, in a music video from like all these different people. See my homeboy Nate Dog video. Right. (laughs) The only highlight of highlights, I guess, of this track. Um, are the the beats and the music? I do think that that has a, a and that I mean, and that's throughout this album. I think the the beats and the the music that was created for these tracks were were spot on throughout this entire album. I do think that the three features on this were also top notch. And then so when you have mm-hmm. all four of these artists, um, they're great in their own rights, and it does give it that little boost. Um, however, it did not um change the fact that this song is dumber than a 10 pound bag of stupid so it's so funny that you say that because it like i do find myself when i hear this song i just get caught up in the like the the kind of vibe of it you see the same i'm just like yeah it's yeah it's like yeah i can but just taking those three seconds of you saying that and then me playing it in my head, like, oh yeah, no, this is song. Like that's what this, that's exactly what this is. Yeah. For sure. So more on that one later. Perfect. So more, good. More on that one later? Oh no. All right, Steve. So it's time for our second game of the evening. And you have graciously taken it upon yourself to do this game <laughs> because <laughs> I always get stuck doing hip hop and getting caught up saying words that i can't say so <laughs> and words that you don't like to say and words that i don't like to say are you gonna like do RGA. that so are you gonna do that song that really made me get a cold towel steve because that's really not fair if you did i don't think so okay no i, I think i picked two two safe ish ones safe ish ones all right steve so what game are we playing we are going to play shatter's poetry slam oh come on i don't have a good name i don't have a good name for this one all right the two shat i don't know Two chat. The Tupac chat. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies ladies and ladies and gentlemen. This is Shatner's Poetry Slam. I'm Captain Kirk. Shatner's Poetry Slam. All right, Steve. So like I said, you're in charge of Shatner's Poetry Slam tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um I'm guessing you just have two. I got two. I just okay. got two. So I tried to like space them out too. So they're in there, but we'll see what happens. I think Elena's going to get them more than Brandon is. We'll figure it out. What? Why would you think that? Yeah. The first one I think is maybe a little bit harder. The second one is more funny. And I am actually looking forward to reading the second one. Um, All right. Here we go. First song. How many brothers fell victim to the streets? Rest in peace, young. Life goes on. Wow. Really? It's my I didn't even get to the it's f- my deep cut track. That's why way I way to that. go. That's how okay. At first thing, the second line. Okay. As you were saying, I'm like, oh, I'm this is difficult because all of them will sound familiar, but then getting to the point of which one is it? Mm-hmm. All right. That would make that one a lot easier i wasn't nice expecting work, that quick. way to go Brandon. You. man you are you are upping you're you're getting like some points in the hip-hop community right now i like Thank it you. 
more on that song later. All right. So second one. Let's just skip a little bit down. But... All you other motherfuckers get out of my business. Perhaps I was blind to the facts. Stabbed in the back. I couldn't trust my own homies with just a bunch of dirty rats. Thug passion. Nope. Damn. Will I succeed? Paranoid from the weed. And hocus pocus. Try to focus, but I can't see. And in my mind, I'm a blind man doing time. Look at my future, because my past is all behind me. Only God is can judge a... me? Yup. Nice. I just like, all you motherfuckers get out of my business. Mm -hmm. So that was Shatner's Poetry Slam. You guys each got one, so I'm pretty happy with myself. Yeah. Um. The let's get into our, our deep cuts. Guys. I'm going to go first because okay. Brandon picked mine as his least favorite. Oh my gosh. Steve. And I picked all about you. And I picked this track for three reasons. Snoop, one Nate dog. That might be two of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> and hose. Stole yeah. my thunder. And hose. Yeah, and hose. Love the hose. H-E-A-U-X's. -E yes. Oh. <laughs> so now. It's a pretty funny concept seeing the same girl all over the place and making everything to be about them, which, I mean, we all can relate to that. We all know someone that does this in their own personal lives. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, that chorus by Nate Dogg is amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nate Dogg is another artist. I forget how good he, he is and was in the 90s. He was on so many tracks in the 90s all across the board, East Coast, West Coast, Sound South, didn't matter. Nate Dogg was singing on a lot of tracks. Lastly, the monologue by Snoop at the very end of this track just reminds me of when you your best friend gets really, really high and then has an epiphany. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, I've seen her here and I've, she was over here. She was at the <laughs> Million Man March. I also think that Ludacris stole the concept of this for area codes, personally. Oh, that's so good. It gives me a very big area codes vibe, and I know area yeah. codes came out after this, so he mm. stole this concept and made area codes in, in down south southern music. But I enjoy the humor in life, Brandon, and I enjoy Uncle Snoop getting stoned and talking about where he's seen the same girl and happened to be I she was seen, in Nate Dogg's video. I seen video. you. I seen yeah. <laughs> and then she was in the Million Man March. That was the best part of the whole thing. It's just the Million uh, Man March. Did you see her out there, man? I I just dude I laugh so hard, and for an album that doesn't have any skits really, I mean a couple of them are mixed into the songs. Yeah, but for a '90s hip hop album to have to be first of all be a double album and have no skits really in it, it's awesome. He just mixes a couple of things here and there, but I am 100 percent certain that he just got fucking Snoop high and just recorded him saying some shit. It was like I can make a song about that, and Snoop just went off because it's what he does. Like this is why I, I know this man the has not changed. The line that sticks out is just the uh, "Is you sick from the dick or is it the flu?" And I don't know why that <laughs> that has just been in my head for so many years. Absolutely. Yes, that. just and yes, it's a, it's a yes. <laughs> that's that. The answer is just yes. So, um, yeah. Brandon, let's yeah. go with your deep cut since we know what it is. You told yeah, us already. Absolutely. Life goes on. Uh, the, this music to this track is definitely a track. That can be a tearjerker for sure. Uh, the chord progression specifically are uh, the chords on this one. You can definitely hear in in those types of songs that are more reflective, thinking about the past, missing people or things or that sort of thing. Like thinking chord progression wise, when I was listening to this song, it brought me back to like vitamin C's graduation song. Like the chord progression there is kind of like tearful, rememberful. And I feel like the same kind of thing goes for this track. Um, and just kind of brings I'm so up so curious. I I'm gonna need to go back and listen to graduation. Yeah, and I think we all really are. try to make that happen. I'm so okay. intrigued. Okay, it's the chord progressions more the, than yeah. anything else. So, uh, this track is deep. Talks about burying and moving forward from the death of a loved one, and just getting being in prison, and just kind of all the shit that life kind of gives you, and life goes on. Uh, to me, just another solid track on this very extensive album. Um, so Life Goes On was my deep cut. Elena, what about you? 
I so love that the order of this went the way that it did because uh, Brandon, you are so sweet and so wholesome and so adorable. And everything that you said, I fully believe and I felt it in my heart. Yeah. And the story that I'm about to convey just shows to me uh, how trashy I am deep down inside. <laughs> um, so when this album came into my life, uh, it was 1996. I was 16. Um, I had it on on tape. Uh, we would blare it in my car, would go with me wherever I went. Um, I since it is now legal in the state of Michigan, I will confess um, that this album was playing the first time I smoked weed. Um, this album is like, it's it's woven into the fabric of many good and bad decisions. Yeah, in and the life. fabric of the cars you were driving, for sure. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, I know the words to every one of the songs um maybe not good enough to to win on a game show but definitely good enough to belt at the top of my lungs uh in any sort of situation uh one of those situations may have been when i was uh visiting a friend of mine at work uh she worked at a tanning salon and uh, we were both 16 uh she worked at a tanning salon. I had put this in the boom box. Um, we were cleaning up and, uh, but we had forgotten to turn off the open sign. So I am in mid belt out when the door opens and that little dingy thing hits and a woman probably, you know, honestly, back then, I, I would have said an old woman, but she was probably in her mid 40s um, and very much like a Karen haircut mm-hmm. came in and looked at me in such a way and grabbed her imaginary pearls and said to me, what are you doing in this place of business? And I just started laughing. And she said, I don't work here. I'm just singing. Who would ever sing? Where's your mother? Like just, it was blowing her mind that this was happening. And I wish I could remember her entire speech, but she went on to tell me, um, she called, I do remember she called me a heathen at one point. Um, she was aghast and, uh, and if we would have been in the, in the South, um, she probably would have gotten a switch and tried to whip me. Uh, and that's because at the very top of my lungs as, uh, as a, as 16 year old, uh, white girl, I was belting out every single lyric to, I'd rather be your N-I-G-G-A so we can get drunk and smoke weed all day. It don't matter if you're lonely, baby. You need a thug in your life. Because busters ain't love and you're right. Yes. Complete with all of the, you know, let's get into some touching erotic fucking, you know, just up against the hallway, uh, making love all day against the wall in the hallway. Your fantasies come alive. Your heart rate will increase. We'll move it up in this dark place might think you're happy with him but that's a lie so give this thug a try like it's it's in there i cannot remember what i ate for lunch but that (laughs) just comes right out and uh and yeah so that is my uh that's my that's my deep cut i love it i love it that's awesome well so it is time for us to start wrapping this thing up this is that that story. I just got done rapping. Oh, you uh-huh. you wrapped your thing. I oh, gotta wrap. We gotta wrap our <laughs> thing up now here. Yeah, we gotta put a rating a rating on the album here and kind of give it a review. Um, towards the end here, I'll actually finish off here. Now I'm gonna call a spade a spade on mine. All the tracks that I picked were actually from the first disc of the album. Um, it wasn't intentional. I think the second album has its merits, but that first disc is really packed full of hits and just it it just kind of moves so quickly, and it's packed full of features that really caught my ear. Um. 
Tupac himself was a great lyricist and musician. He was also a tortured soul who brought a lot of extra attention to himself due to the people he kept around him and the life he chose to live. It's a shame because I feel like he was turning his shit around and his acting career was going to explode. He was he was getting to the point of life where he was kind of getting tired of this thug bullshit and was really trying to like turn that page like many other rappers did, like you know, Jay-Z did, even like Diddy did, and other rappers that really turned it around. Um, however, I do believe if he hadn't have been injured or killed in 96, I, unfortunately, I don't think it would have been long afterwards. Uh, the life mm -hmm. he was kind of living in life, he had lived up to that point. His history was catching up to him. Um, and it took his and, and Biggie and Chris's death and Notorious B.I.G.'s death to really smash the East Coast, West Coast feud. And without the two of them, um, I, that bad blood would have never gone away. I don't think it would have been something worse would have happened unfortunately two young men lost their lives who were at the tip top of their careers at the epicenter of what music was at the time of days um if you aren't familiar with the story there's been countless documentaries made about the feud about their thing about each of their lives that are fantastic netflix put out one a couple of years ago that was amazing wasn't about there a Netflix's movie so called notorious Yes, they did and a that whole was movie yep. on hit on on Biggie, yep. yeah, and that's it's good too. And the just the stories that came out of music from the the late '80s to the early '90s and the mid '90s of the things that were kind of going on. As Elena mentioned, you had Kurt Cobain, you had Tupac, you had all of these crazy artists that were just like savants in their own right mm -hmm. that we had no business having all at the same time, and we did. And then they were all gone. And it was just like, what the hell happened? And I mean, it just kind of ended up being like alternative rock took over for some reason. Um, so if you're not familiar with this album, I would say listen to it and think of yourself that this is a 25-year-old man who did this. He's 25 years old. Mm -hmm. And he gave yeah. us one of the better hip-hop albums of all time, first double album of all time. And think of what we would have gotten if we'd have had more time. If we'd have gotten more time with him, what would have, as a as a humanity, what would we have gotten from him? Not only being acting, but being poetry, writing, music, producing the things that he was kind of dabbling himself into and really getting his feet wet in. There activism. would have been more, and this activism would have been just off the charts. the The change and the good he he could have done, and he has done. I will give posthumously after his death, the change he's brought about in the world has his 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 shadow will live on forever he mm -hmm. will have an impact on kids even young kids now with his music and what he's done to their parents to the grandparents and other people throughout the course of history he is in the library of congress he is in the rock and roll hall of fame and deservedly so at 25 years old um he's not going anywhere anytime soon so yes. album wise um i did go with a seven out of ten just because it's so incredibly long and there's so much there. And I feel like there's really good stuff and there's also filler, but I know why he did what he wanted to do. He kind of realized, I think the death, the death row thing shouldn't have lasted very long. And he wanted to get out of it as fast as he could. They paid mm -hmm. for his thing. He was like, okay, I'm going to give you everything I've got and let's go get me out of this contract. So I get it. I see what he's doing there. And it, it's still really, really good. Um, and Machiavelli was just as good. And it came out after he died. So, uh, but I went with a seven out of ten. Great album, fantastic listen. It's just a long listen. Uh, Brandon, what about you? So for me, as if you don't know already, I'm not the most intelligent person when it comes to rap music. I'm not, not a smart man. I'm not a smart man. <laughs> um, stupid I'm not is a smart man, but I know stupid. what rap is. Yeah, right. Stupid is <laughs> a stupid does when it comes to this for me. Uh, but if anyone is like me in that hip hop and rap is not your first choice when choosing a genre of music to listen to, I do think that you will like this album. Although as a white guy, I, I can't fully understand or appreciate everything being talked about on this album. I think that the music throughout, and I mentioned it before, the music throughout this entire album is crisp, clean, and completely on point. Although a very long album, we've mentioned it before. To me, it really didn't it didn't give me a reason to get bored with it. I never really got bored with this album, even though it was long. There was a mix of tempos, topics, etc. that kind of keeps the listener engaged from the beginning to the end. I couldn't be mad about it. 
for me, I'm giving this one higher than Steve. I'm giving this one an eight out of ten. Look at you. Yeah. Elena, round us out. What are your final thoughts on this one? Uh, I'm going to say that uh, I am I am understanding my inability to uh, be critical. Um, not only did this album come out at the exact time of my life where I was most impressionable and attaching to music, um, but I do think it is great. Uh, I understand that I'm giving it more nostalgia and emotional points as well. Um, I initially was going to say 8.5, but I'm going to keep it with solid numbers and I'll just go seven, eight, nine. And I'll just, Love I'll it. end it with nine because it is, it is an album I can listen to still today uh, mm. straight through. Um, I don't, have my son listening to all of the songs i'm not that bad of a parent um but i do think that it is i agree with your comment that it's it is varied um in in its stylistic choices um and that makes it an interesting lesson and so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with mine i love I like it. it i love it so guys that was tupac shakur and his album all eyes on me now, Elena, this one is dropping the very last day of June, June 30th. Um, do you have anything coming up uh, in your, your comedic realm or anything else in life that you would like to to promote? I do, actually. For those for those uh, goat heads, what do you what do you call your your, the your kids. people? Your, the ki- your the goaters, kids because your... because a baby goat is called a kid, so we call our fans Aww. kids. Hey kids, I love it. Um, for those uh, for those kids who are uh, on top of it, and you're listening to it the morning it's dropping, and you have nothing to do tonight, uh, you're in luck. As long as you are within driving distance to Owasso, Michigan, um, because I am uh, headlining at the Avenue in Owasso, Michigan. Um, and for Michigan comedy fans, uh, Sam Rager agreed to come along and uh, and be in the earlier part of the show. And uh, new phenom Emma Stevenson is going to be our host and MC. So it's an amazing awesome. show. Ten bucks, uh, the Avenue in Owasso. Um, a little bit later out for those of you that that may not have been uh, entirely on the ball. I understand it. Uh, July 15th. I will be in the downriver area of Michigan um, at a place called Kudos, um, Kudos Tap Room and Field House. And I will be working with the lovely and talented Brad Wenzel. Oh, um, nice. So come on out. And then uh, zooming way, way, way ahead, but put it on your calendars, make it so, uh, because I'm coming back to the west side of the state. Uh, September 8th and 9th with the uh, hilarious Mike Jeter. We are going to be opening up the uh, Peach Pit Comedy Club uh, September 8th and 9th at uh, in in Kalamazoo uh, at Dave's. Um, You're going to hear so much more about it, but peachpitcomedy.org. Uh, and yes, mark your calendars. We'll see you there. Love it. Speaking of Peach Pit, if you aren't able to get over to Owasso to see Elena tonight because you live on the west side and you can't make it all the way over to Owasso, totally get you. Speaking of Peach Pit Comedy Club, we are actually working with Peach Pit Comedy Club tonight. Yeah. It is our last uh, free comedy night in Wayland mm-hmm. um, here, downtown Wayland. Peach Pit Comedy Club have put on the last, this, three shows every yeah, friday last three fridays in three june of three, this is three of three and we actually have a west michigan headliner uh he's been on the podcast before but adam deggy is headlining the podcast is headlining the show tonight in, yeah. in wayland for free mm-hmm. now if you're listening to the podcast it's before six o'clock even seven o'clock come out the show's gonna go from seven to nine it's free bring a chair bring a blanket come out there and hang out i will tell you at least do two things Bring some sunblock or buy some sunblock from Deggy. He will appreciate you a, yes. a long time. Mm-hmm. Make sure you laugh 
and make sure that you give Brandon all the laughs and all the cheers because he is going to go solo on this one, guys. I'm hosting this last show solo. Guys. I will be in. I'll be in Nevada uh, at the Grand Canyon with my family on vacation. So Brandon's going to go solo. And he's going to uh, kick off the jams here and get us going. The best part be about hosting, the best part about hosting by myself in the town in which I live is I know the people that live in this town, and I know which buttons to push to not only make it funny but to also piss people off. So I'm very excited nice. about this opportunity. So nice. he'll give him my he'll give him my email address when he pisses him off. It's okay. Absolutely. I, I'm going to introduce myself as Steve the whole night. It's going to be how it Perfect. goes. I like it. Yeah. It works for me. I, I'll I'll take down the chin. I'm okay with that. They know me here too. They, they'll expect it. Perfect. So guys, that, that has been Tupac's All Eyes on Me. If you haven't had a chance to check out our draft episode from Wednesday, go back and check that out. If you do get a chance to see Elena anywhere, anywhere, west side, east side, down south, midwest, down, wherever the hell she finds <laughs> west herself side, at. east side, upside, downside, whatever. Yeah. Check her out. Yes. She's hilarious. Uh, at Gonzaliza. Uh, on all the socials, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-E-Z-A. And we'll make sure we post that in our show notes as well. Check her out. You guys won't be you you won't be disappointed. She's super funny. And there's more inappropriate stories that you probably shouldn't hear on podcasts and out in public, but she's gonna tell them anyway. Absolutely. It's kind of what she does. Yes, exactly. 100 percent So keep it up, keep looking in here, keep it out for us. We are on all the major podcasting platforms, but it is the last Friday in June, Brandon. You are finally done with softball. I'm on vacation and we're back on the 4th of July with the, maybe the queen of R and B. Probably. She's a queen of R and B. We'll go with that. She's a queen yeah. of R and B. So we'll see you guys yeah. on, on the 4th of July. Mary as we go a little, as we go a little bit of Mary J. Blige. Bye guys. Yeah. Notes. Notes. Notes.